mindfulness mode. But what is really present for kids are emotions. And when they are in an emotional wave, they are really in it. Mindful Tribe, sometimes don't you just want to go out and just do a little surfing and get away from it all and just feel that water and the experience of being out on the ocean? Well, I have the man with me to talk about that. I have Jamal Yogis with me today. Hey, Jamal, are you in mindfulness mode today? You know, now that I'm here, I'm feeling it, Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, you know, being a surfer, I think you get to visit mindfulness mode a lot. Isn't that true? It really is. I mean, the water is an amazing mindfulness tool. Our bodies are mostly water and there's something about being immersed in the water, I think, that allows us to be fully in our bodies and fully present, you know, so much of mindfulness practices about getting out of the loops that our brains are in and coming back to the now and coming back to the body. And when you get in the ocean or the water, all your cells and nerves on your skin and organs get lit up. But then surfing brings this additional aspect of you really have to be present with the sea. You know, don't turn your back on the ocean, goes the saying because it's a dangerous place, but it's also a fun place. So the fun mixed with a little adrenaline makes you really there. And and now they've even done studies on how just looking at the, the texture of the water and being around the complexity of that environment, it lights up areas of the brain that we don't normally access that have a lot to do with peace and calm and feeling here. So the ocean is just a gift. Yeah, mindfulness it, really, it really is a gift. Well, you know, I remember so clearly talking to you three years ago and you telling me so many amazing things about some of the books you've written and some of the film work that was done as a result of it. And that was back in episode 228. And it was called Fear is Not Real because you talked about fear not being real. And and Mindful Tribe, you can go to mindfulnessmode.com slash 228 and check out that episode and learn a lot about Jamal back then, what was going on in his life. But I just want to share a little bit about you right now, Jamal. You're a San Francisco-based surfer, journalist, dad, and you're also a speaker and you've received high praise for your writing. And Jamal's three memoirs, Saltwater Buddha, The Fear Project, and All Our Waves Are Water have been translated into quite a number of languages. And now Jamal has a children's picture book called Mop Rides the Waves of Life. And it's the first in a series. And so it's it's a pretty cool book because I received it and read it and thought, wow, it is not easy to, to bring this down to a level where children can truly understand what mindfulness is about. But you have achieved this, Jamal. This is really incredible. Is that because you're the father of three boys? Is that what has helped you to understand how to communicate with children in such a way that you could create this amazing book? Oh, yeah. They're my little three little gurus uh, <laughs> who uh, who absolutely also you know teach you to be present. Kids are naturally in the moment. I marvel at how you know we've been quarantined here at home for the last few months, and 
they will just play and play and play and make up imaginative games. And there's, and it's so rare that then they jump to how long are we doing this? When are we going back to school? It's just, they're right there. And uh, of course they're right there sometimes with their tantrums too, but children do teach you a lot about getting back to now. And it's funny, there are a few mindfulness books for kids and a lot of them though are about being present. And I think for a lot of children that kind of goes over their head because they're already, uh, it's a little bit of conceptual. And, but what is really present for kids are emotions. And when they are in an emotional wave, they are really in it. And to some extent, it's, it's really beautiful because they're so honest. If they don't like something, they'll just say, I don't like this. If they, they feel wronged, they're going to act out. So they don't do a lot of repressing <laughs> like we do. But then part of their learning process, obviously, is learning how to not react to the big emotional waves that are going to get them into trouble, pushing a friend, screaming at their teacher, biting their brother, whatever it is. And so funny, this book, Mop Rides the Waves of Life, it, um, it just poured out of me. I wasn't even planning on writing it. I'd been watching my kids and I love drawing this little character with curly hair. I'm a doodler, another kind of mindfulness mode thing that I do. And I love drawing this character with curly hair who ended up looking for people watching on the video, look, looking a little like this, although this is Matt Allen's illustration, which is quite a bit more professional than mine. Um, but I liked drawing him so much and um, he made me feel peaceful. And so then I found this little stick figure mop kind of going on an adventure, going surfing. And then the next thing I knew, I thought it was really beautiful to put these emotions like fear and anger inside a wave and show him just moving under the wave, like a duck dive and surfing and surfing. When you have a big wave coming over you, you just go right under it. And some a wave that looks really ferocious just cruises by. And, and yet, if you freak out and panic and stiffen up right as that wave crashes on you, then you really get walloped by it. So it's how you learn to move with the ocean that allows you to navigate uh, its most ferocious power. And, uh, and so it was a really visceral book, too. It was kind of like a surfing session. I was just enjoying drawing it. And then sure enough, it turned into a cool story. I've just had so much fun with it, Bruce. Well, yeah. it's fun to read. I'll tell you that. And, you know, your children are fortunate because they've grown up with this idea of mindfulness all around them. And now that we're in this pandemic, I think so many children really need to be introduced to this whole mindfulness idea. And, you know, I think this book is a great way to do it to get a hold of this book and share it with the children. The artwork is fantastic. And I want to ask you about the illustrator. You teamed up with Matthew Allen. Is he a friend of yours or how did you become connected to Matthew? No, Matt and I met through the book. The publisher found him. I had seen some of his art on uh, Instagram because he has he's a fairly well-known surf artist, but he hadn't done any children's books. and. Um, and I didn't know his story either. And he actually comes from the Christian faith, but has a deep spiritual practice in the ocean too. It turns out that our stories kind of parallel. When he was a junior in high school, he went on a surfing trip with a church group to the North Shore of Hawaii. 
And he was kind of going for waves more than church. (laughs) (laughs) But as he got into it, he realized he was really interested in the spirituality. And he paddled out at the North Shore just as he was kind of committing to seek out faith in his own heart, you could say. And it turned out something was going wrong. He had to swim into shore. And when he got there, he couldn't speak. And he was having his first epileptic seizure. Oh, wow. And woke up in an ambulance, couldn't surf for a year and was with his epilepsy. And then as he did go back into the ocean, he had to wear a life jacket. But during that year off, he really got into his faith, really buoyed him, uh, pun intended. And he ended up, his whole identity shifted toward making art in that year. And, and he also realized then when he got back in the water that surfing was when he felt most connected to sort of that place beyond words, which a lot of you know, mystics have tried to get to. And so that experience in the ocean really started informing his art. And when you see his art, it has a real reverence for the sea. So even though I come from a, a um, more mindfulness yoga background, and he's coming from this place of Judeo-Christian faith, we have a great time having like a kind of interfaith dialogue now and seeing where where there is overlap between these ancient traditions that are about finding peace inside. How long did this project take, Jamal? All in all, my first draft of it, like I said, just kind of poured out of me. I had this draft of the book in a few weeks and I sent it off and unfortunately a publisher bid on it right away. And then the process of of editing it and, and honing it with Matt took, oh, six months or so. And now we're working on a sequel that is, you know, this book is sort of like the introduction to mindfulness for kids right. where Mop gets into some trouble at school with big emotions where he's feeling, he gets into a scuffle with a friend, he's, he's down on the week. And then his mom teaches him just to watch his breathing and watch his emotions. And he has that epiphany that watching his emotional waves is really similar to surfing. So if he rides good waves, joy and love, and really enhances them and, and celebrates those waves when they're present in his mind and heart, he can also not react or duck dive the, the, the tougher waves or take a moment to breathe and say, okay, I'm in the anger now. I can take a breath. And even though I'm still feeling it, I may be in the wave. I may feel bad, but I don't have to react to it. I don't have to swim against the current, so to speak. So that's kind of book one. But in the second book, what we're working on is um, what to do when you have a big emotion like anger at an injustice. In this case, Mop's really mad that there's too much plastic on the beach. And so that's like an emotion that propels you to act in a compassionate way. He wants to clean the beach, but he can't let go of the anger. So we're working with, what do you do with an emotion that's difficult that is propelling you to a positive action and how can you transform it? So, so much of mindfulness practice in the beginning, it can almost feel like it's, you're trying to push away emotion. And I think that's wrong. We're not trying to not feel, mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously, mm-hmm. as you know, Bruce, Right. but we are trying to become better surfers of our internal ocean. 
so that's what we're working on in book two. We're just having so much fun with it. Well, it is fun. It's fun to read. And at the beginning of the book, you said the book was inspired by some children and you named Parker, Macy, Micah. Who are all these children? I assume three of them are your own boys, but I don't know for sure. Oh, no, actually, that's Matt's tribute and oh. mine. I'm I'm the one above it that says Jay and it's I dedicated it to my mom. Okay. And that was a big deal for me because my mom, a mindfulness practitioner, and she took me to my first mindfulness class with John Cabot or not John Cabot's and John Travis in Sacramento when I was 16. And I remember it still, we ate raisins mindfully. Yes. <laughs> it was just an introduction class, but it planted a seed. And she's been a real teacher for me over the years. So I, it was important for me that Mop's mom is a surfer. Right. And she's the one who, at when Mop's having a bad week, she takes him to the beach. They're watching the waves. And, and she says, you know, Mop, you can learn to surf life too. And Mop says, oh, that's hokey, Mom. That's when she says, well, have you tried it? And he's like, no, not really. And, and they try just some basic breathing. And that's when he has the epiphany. And that was very true for me too. It happened later in my life than Mop. But that's why I'm so grateful to be able to write this book because I didn't have the tools when I was 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. And I got myself into a lot of trouble as a kid that I think I could have avoided if I had had more tools. And you're right. The kids now, mindfulness is becoming a part of a lot of curriculum around the country. And, and I think that's just so crucial and fantastic. Well, the last time, Jamal, that I interviewed you, you said you were kind of a story animal and that's the way you understand life. And I'm just wondering how much of an impact, if any, Joseph Campbell has had on you, known for the hero's journey. Has he had an impact on you and your writing? Certainly, yeah. I was a philosophy and religion major in college and read a lot of Joseph Campbell. And the hero's journey, I think, is we're all on an adventure. And I tell, I, I teach a memoir class occasionally. And I tell people, people always say, oh, well, I've lived a boring life or <laughs> I don't have much to write about. And I say, well, if you have feelings, you have been on this incredible journey and your world is incredibly interesting and rich because we are all navigating incredible challenges if we're alive yes. as a human being. You know, we're aging, we're, we're, we're falling in love, we're getting our hearts broken, we're striving for a better job, we're missing opportunities, we're getting opportunities, whatever it is that you're going through. It's a, it's an adventure. It's a huge, um, epic adventure inside, whether you're, you know, climbing Mount Kilimanjaro inside or outside. <laughs> and so I think that model of, of the hero's journey where you have, you know, Frodo out there on his adventure, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, trying to get to Mordor and seeing how he, he gets beaten down and he, the darkness starts to overtake him at times and he becomes selfish and then he has to fight his way out of it and just continually expand his comfort zone and realize he's made of more than he ever believed he was. That's, I think, the experience every person who has to overcome fears inside themselves has. So those, those great hero stories, I think, are really inspirational 
It's interesting. I mean, we talk a lot in mindfulness and a lot of Buddhist teachers talk a lot about how we need to break through the stories that we tell ourselves, like the negative stories or the stories of, of who we are. And that's the sort of downside of stories that we're, we're habitually telling ourselves, maybe I'm not good enough or I'm, I'll never be realize that my potential or whatever it is that, you know, those fears and traumas that we've had in our past that set up stories um, about ourselves, or maybe they're stories of like, I'm so perfect. I'm better than everybody else or whatever. You know, um, everybody has their own stories that they're running that can be limiting. But the other side to stories is that they are what moves us as human beings and what inspires us. And when you look at somebody like the Buddha, whose story we really celebrate, this prince who had to leave the, the, the riches of the kingdom to, and pleasures to find out what really creates true freedom. And it's a story that is so important, I think, as a foundational story of mindfulness, because here we see sort of the modern <laughs> uh, billionaire or celebrity story playing out of like, you know, it's obvious that extreme wealth and pleasure doesn't bring anybody lasting happiness. And the Buddha had the insight to leave all that and say, what can I find if I just watch my mind and just watch my thoughts? And so anyway, this is a long rambling way of saying, I think those inspirational stories, and that's an inspirational mindfulness story, the Buddha's historical story, um, are so important. And so, yeah, I have tried to capture some of what I've gained from mindfulness in the story form. And it's fun and challenging. Well, I'm just wondering what kinds of... What kinds of fears your boys have, how they express their joy, and what's it like having these three dynamic kids around you? And then, you know, how do you learn from them? Well, it, I mean, talk about the hero's journey. I mean, there's never been anything more difficult than being a, for me, than being a dad. Um, but also, there's never been anything that's been a greater joy. Um, and, they are wild boys, four, six, and eight, Finn, Eben, and Kyphus. And they're passionate. They, they love to wrestle and fight and <laughs> be young boys, but they're also so observant and, um, and so present. Every moment is a roller coaster where, you know, you're one minute you're in this, you're, you're at the river and you're enjoying skipping rocks and like having this gorgeous moment and the next minute you know one of them's on the ground and has just you know thrown a rock at his brother's head <laughs> and, so yeah. you, and 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 so i think as a mindfulness practitioner who'd gotten fairly good at sort of navigating my own world or at least better than i was before learning mindfulness then all of a sudden you're back in these really sharp emotions that you haven't felt since you were a kid as a dad and having to make quick decisions. And so I think that's one of the reasons I wrote MOP was because I felt confronted with fear and anger and stress in a new way being a dad. You know, you lose all your time, you lose the ability to go out surfing or go out exercise and or 
cut out your mindfulness practice as long as you used to be able to in the day. And so you really have to live the practice. And so I find, Bruce, that it's all about mindset. Like if they're being really crazy and I have the mindset of, oh my gosh, when is this going to stop? I'm just so tired. We didn't sleep last night. And now, you know, now they're writing on the walls or something. That's my story that I need to sort of crack and then reset. And it's really like taking a breath and realizing that I'm in that story of negativity and say, actually, this is such an incredible opportunity to try to approach the situation (laughs) with an ounce of calm and go to them and say, okay, guys, who drew on the wall? You know, (laughs) instead of who drew on the wall? Right. And it's so interesting because they're looking at the gift that you can give your children is being able to demonstrate how to approach a problem calmly. And then when you mess up, I think, give them the gift of saying, you guys see how I just reacted in a way that wasn't helpful? I don't want to do that. And that's a technique that I think I've really had to learn as a dad is seeing when I haven't reacted mindfully or haven't been a good demonstration of, um, of riding my emotions and say to them, you guys, I, I went over the edge there I, I, and I apologize and I'm learning too. And they really respond well to that. They kind of, I think it helps us see each other as like, it helps them understand that it's okay when they make a mistake too, and that they can admit that and learn from it. So we're all, we're all in the mindful boat together, sailing the stormy seas. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, I know that you said you're working on another book. What other projects are you working on, Jamal? I have a lot of things I'm juggling right now, Bruce. I have, like I said, the hero's journey is one that's been important to me. And I have a graphic novel series that is a fantasy series that I'm working on with a wonderful artist named Vivian Trong, who's a British artist. And so we have a series with Scholastic that's about a girl who finds moves from the States to Hong Kong and she finds a dragon egg and it hatches. And this is just uh, pure fun. I love this story so much. And it's helping me integrate, I would say, my love of adventure stories and fantasy with my love of these Eastern traditions that have informed my mindfulness practice. So that's a blast. And then I'm working on um, a documentary of uh, the first Bangladeshi female surfer, which is called The Most Fearless. This is about a young woman who... um, Girls don't even swim in Bangladesh after puberty. And these kids live on the longest uh, beach in the world, 80 80 miles of unbroken sand and great waves. And this girl said she wanted to surf and she got teased mercilessly and very conservative culture said, you know, you shouldn't be out in the water with the boys. And, and she persevered. And so we're, we're doing a story about her and um, yeah. And I have some other various film and TV stuff going like adaptations of my books that are a lot of fun. And hopefully those will happen. It feels like the hero's journey being, doing any Hollywood project because yeah, <laughs> but fingers crossed that uh, we're having a lot. Of, it's a lot of fun to even dream about it. Yeah. That sounds exciting. What do you read 
when you just want to relax and read something? What do you read? I'm a, I'm really diverse in the kinds of the books that I read. You know, I, I just read a lot of like Buddhist sutras and stuff before bed because they're so calming. Uh, one of my favorites is the Vimalakirti Sutra that's all about a layman who embodies the enlightened mind and perspective. So many of the Buddhist students were monks, um, but this guy Vimalakirti was a kind of did it all. He was he was a got involved in politics and got involved in um, teaching and got involved in sports, and yet he was bringing these qualities of mindfulness and peace and compassion into all those different aspects of life. And I think it's so helpful as a person who has a lot of different interests. It's helpful to me to see that that's possible. You know, you don't have to be a monk on a mountaintop in a cave. And in fact, the challenges that the world brings are often the best teachers to really expand your, your, um, your mindfulness practice. So that's a go-to for me. Um, and then I love, as I said, you know, fantasy novels. So right now I'm reading this uh, series, the Eragon series, um, sort of a middle grade fantasy series. You know, I love, I love all that, that kind of stuff from Harry Potter to Tolkien. And then I also am a big, like, sort of, I guess you would call it literature fan, like Michael Andache or, you know, Coetzee, some of these writers who really have mastered the craft of the English language, you know, poetry, that kind of thing. So I just fluctuate, Bruce. It just depends on my mood. I'm a real mutt. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I think this this book is so beautiful and I think so many parents are going to want to get this book for their children. It's an absolutely beautiful book. And I was just wondering, what was it like working with Plum Blossom Books? Were they a, a great publisher to work with? They're fantastic. So Plum Blossom is uh, an imprint of Parallax Press, Thich Nhat Hans, um, basically imprint. Uh, and small publisher out of Berkeley, but they really get a lot done and they are just fantastic people. They, they practice mindfulness in the office together. So when you go, I, I'm fortunate they're just across the bridge for me. Usually your publisher's in New York and you don't get to meet them unless you fly across the country. But um, these guys are in Berkeley and they're just walking, walking their talk. And Great. They have distribution from Penguin Random House, so they have um, a, a far reach and can get the book everywhere you need it to go. But they're really um, uh, practicing um, mindfulness together, and yet they're doing a diverse number of books where um, I think they're looking for new angles, fresh angles. Um, where it doesn't have to be, uh, or you can reach reach a uh, a wider audience. So I'm just uh, I'm excited to be with them. So will they be publishing the next book as well? Yeah. So they've already bought the sequel to Mop. Mop rides the waves of change is the working title. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting that there's going to be another one. That's great. And so what? Yeah. Hopefully, lots. When you were a kid, did people make fun of your hair? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I had much even I had 
curlier hair than I have now when I was a kid, little ringlets in it. And when I was probably first, second, third, fourth, fifth, it was really puffy and it would get super frizzy. And uh, I remember at one point there was a running joke in like the third grade that if I was running down the soccer field, like, don't look at his hair because if you got... (laughs) It would distract you and I could get around you. And, um, and I would laugh it off as much as I could, but it really did hurt at that age. You know, I was, I was sensitive and, um, and I remember at one point snapping and getting into a big fight with one of my friends who was teased me about it all the time. And then I would blush and then he would go further and say, your face is getting red. He, He would taunt me. And, um, and this is actually a guy who I'm still friends with who became a famous UFC fighter. So he was not like the guy you wanted to get in. <laughs> 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 his, name's, his name's Uriah Faber. Uh, and, but I did, uh, I remember tackled him one time and, um, and it, it didn't feel good. And I, that, that scene in the book where Mott pushes his friend Toby mm-hmm. for teasing him was a real, uh, a real moment there. And I thought, uh, yeah, if this story can help my kids avoid a few of those (laughs) situations, um, it'll be well worth it. Yeah, for sure. Well, it is a great book and I, I'm so, so glad to reconnect with you, Jamal. It's, it's really been fun to talk about this. Where can we learn more about your book? Is it at your website, jamalyogas.com? Uh, yeah, it's jamalyogas.net now. And if you go to backslash Mop Rides, the Waves of Life, um, there are a handful of um, mindfulness videos for kids that I've made too. Um, so if people get into the book and want to do like a one or two minute meditation on YouTube with their kids, um, I'm, and actually I've just put up a third that that's oh, a before bed one that helps kids do a body scan and relax um, before bed. So, uh, so the, yeah, not only are there the book series is coming, but um, I plan on doing like a monthly mindfulness mop meditation. <laughs> oh, that's great. So jamalyogas.net and it's J-A-I-M-A-L-Y-O-G-I-S. So go to jamalyogas.net and then to learn about the book slash mop rides the waves of life. So yeah, exactly. And if that is complicated, you'll just see mop, the book mop comes up on the homepage. And if you click it, it'll take you to all the, you know, the places you can buy it online, which is really anywhere books are sold. And then the scroll down and you'll see the meditation videos. Yeah, those meditation videos sound terrific and something that's really needed right now for a lot of children, I'm sure. It's funny, I've had trouble teaching my, getting my own kids motivated to try meditating. And um, because of course, it's just like, that's what dad does, you know, we don't need to do that, dad. Um, But of course, like every kid, they love looking at screens. And so I've got them doing these YouTube videos now. And because it's YouTube, they'll go, oh yeah, we'll do that. And they're actually meditating. So I, um, you know, turns out I had to put myself on YouTube to get them to try it. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) And I do want to add, Bruce, that if you go um, 
to the Parallax Press website, which is just parallaxpress.org um, and Mop Rides the Waves of Life. If you pre-order the book, um, you can download a free coloring book. So 24 pages of, of coloring and a mop. And these coloring pages I've printed out and been having the kids do since they're out of school. And they've been really helpful because there's like that picture where mops duck diving fear and anger. They colored those and I hung them up around the house. And so when one of them is throwing a fit or if I'm throwing a fit or mom is, <laughs> we'll say, hey, you're in a wave, you know, you're caught in a wave. And it's like a little reminder. And it actually has worked for us to have something clicks and they go, oh yeah, this is going to pass. So I don't know how long it'll work, probably as a shelf life, but <laughs> <laughs> for now we're, <laughs> we're, uh, we're using that. Well, I'll put all these links in our show notes at mindfulnessmode.com, Mindful Tribe. So Jamal, thank you so much for creating this book and uh, doing all the work that you're doing to get the word out there into the world about mindfulness. That's fantastic. Thank you, Bruce. Um, yeah, this podcast is a real gift. So thanks for all you do. Yeah, my pleasure. You take care, Jamal. Bye now. Mindful Tribe, I hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you did, please tell your friends about the show. Every person who subscribes and listens helps our show. So in the meantime, take what you heard today and reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode. <laughs>